Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever Leave the Pin In podcast. We are broadcasting on the Bringing the Heat podcast network. I'm your host, Dan. I've got my alternate shot Ryder Cup partner, Scott, with me. Scotto, what's the good word? Hey, what's up? How's it going? Just uh, excited to talk some golf. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Want to, uh, first off, kind of thank Bringing the Heat, um, phenomenal sports-related podcast for kind of giving us our own show and uh, trusting, <laughs> trusting both of us uh, to get it right with uh, some golf news. Uh, which is interesting because I've literally never met and or spoke to anyone else involved in this network, so it should be uh, should be a good partnership. Yeah, and uh, and now you're part of the family, just like that. Love it. Um, so I figured we start off give people a real quick rundown of the course this week. So we're at Pebble Beach. All right, we're right. We're at the AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am. Um, we're playing three courses. We got Pebble Beach, Spyglass, and then Monterey Peninsula course. Uh, Pebble Beach is playing just over 68 to a par 71, also the host of this year's U.S. Open. Spyglass is playing just over 6,900 yards to a par 72. And then Monterey Peninsula played just under 7,000 to a par of 71. Um, So, Scott, are your thoughts this week, even before the tournament started, is this a week that you're kind of psyched about because it's Pebble and all and you get to see these other courses as well? So, I like Pebble. Here's my problem. I end up listening to a lot of golf on the radio, and I can visualize the holes when the guys are on Pebble. You know, it's obvious, oh, he's on the 7th tee. I know the shot. I've seen the shot a million times. When someone's on, like, the 11th at Spyglass, it means nothing to me on the radio. So, for me, I like it because I like Pebble, but those other two courses, just there's nothing in my mind's eye about. Yeah, you know, one of my biggest problems this whole entire week is, like you said, I mean, who hasn't seen every hole at Pebble before? Who hasn't seen it in artwork, pictures, magazines, U.S. Open coverage, et cetera, et cetera? And then you got these two awesome courses, which get 20 minutes a day in coverage. Exactly. You know, and that, that just, that sucks because Monterey is amazing. You know, Spyglass is obviously the tough one, you know? That's where people right. are getting ripped to shreds, especially with the weather that they've been having. And Monterey is is, is amazing. Probably has more scenic holes than Pebble does, you know? Well, and Cypress Point, which they don't play anymore, but they used to, oh. is apparently the best course in the neighborhood. Gosh, I wish they would play that again. You know, that's, that's that ultra-private course where the members don't even want you on there for tournaments, you know? It's funny, I heard, uh, I was listening to a Jeff Ogilvie podcast on, um, on uh, uh, part of the Broken Tea Society for the Golfers Journal, and he was saying how amateur tournaments are on the best courses, and the pros, they play the courses that bid the highest money, you know, the highest amount. Makes sense, and also, I mean, there's only so many courses that are competitively challenging for them. Whereas amateur courses, you can maybe trick it out a little bit. You know, the course the amateurs play, you can maybe trick it out a little bit to make them a little tougher than when the members play. Yeah, it's but not so much about length. 
Yeah, they don't need to be 7,200 yards because you don't have guys bombing it out there at 340. Yeah. Yeah, and that stinks because a lot of those old, great private clubs are not even 7,000 yards. And uh, and in the tour's mind, they're you know all of a sudden they're obsolete because they're not 7,000 yards plus. Exactly. Um, so, obviously, the course is you know not that long, but a real, real wet week. I mean, they've had probably the craziest weather at Pebble in the last, I mean, can you think of the last decade of, of a week being like this? Yeah, I mean, today alone, you know, let's not get into the fact that they had rain delays and people were putting into the cups and water was splashing up and they were squeegeeing greens. I mean, they've, they had guys sitting next to greens with two or three squeegees ready to squeegee a line for, you know, the amateurs and the pros to putt through. Like, that's something out of your, uh, your member guest tournament at your local yeah. club. Well, apparently at one point they also had, like, a quarter inch of pea-sized hail on most of the greens, and they had to break out the leaf blowers and take them out. Yeah, that, so. that, that was today. And they went on about a two-and-a-half-hour delay because every single green was literally white. There were dudes doing snow angels in the middle of the fairway. That's terrific. You know? So uh, you had last year, right, you had Ted Potter, Ted Harry Potter Jr., Win the tournament, and uh, after the first round on Thursday, he's in dead last. Yeah, not a successful uh, title defense. No, that's probably the worst title defense in history uh, of the PGA Tour. Um, but I gotta say, the guys who did get it right this week, this grounds crew, is absolutely killing it. Um, you, you talk about the greens being literally flooded you had hail on them non-stop and these guys are getting players back out within an hour or two so kudos to to those guys um do you notice they're playing lift clean in place all week yes which, which uh, based on like the videos i saw i think the week before I, i'm not surprised i think i saw a video of someone putting out on one of the greens and it was it looked like it was covered in water and, you know as the ball was going there were you know trails of water coming off it <laughs> yeah the rooster so. tail coming up like it was riding a jet ski um <laughs> did, did you see all the hospitality tents last week that got blown off into the sea they were sending dudes out in boats to collect them from carmel bay yeah that stuff just scares me yeah that's uh i mean if i was tournament director i'm kind of uh shaking my boots at, at that point in time. Um, now, what's interesting, you know, we're doing this the first one ever. We planned on doing it Sunday night, right? Makes perfect sense. The tournament's over. We get the recap, talk about the champion. Uh, we're not going to have any idea, are we? Uh, no idea. I mean, as of when we started recording, I know Phil was in second place and Scott Stallings was in third. Um, and for whatever reason, I cannot remember who was in the lead. Uh, it's Paul Casey right now. He's fifteen. He's, okay. he's fifteen under. Uh, nope. Okay. Phil, sorry, sorry. As we are doing this right now, Phil and Paul Casey are now tied for the lead at sixteen under. Okay. Are they on like eleven or twelve? Right about now. Uh, dude, they are on eight. Oh, I thought they made the turn already. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My bad. Um. 
So it's 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 insane how far behind they are. And uh, they talked to some of the rules officials this morning. They're like, oh yeah, we're gonna try and get it in best we can. Uh, we're just gonna have to play fast. Like Pebble Beach Pro Am and Fast Play are never mentioned in the same sentence unless you say there is never fast play at the AT and T National Pebble, Pro- Pebble Beach Pro Am. Well, I mean, there's gotta be you know Bill Murray doing his shit, getting Carlton doing the Carlton. Oh please, so. we'll 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 get into uh, yeah, into that later. <laughs> um, so so let's kind of recap for people the week and kind of the highlights as the days go by. So Thursday we have our man Phil Mick, you know the 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 forty eight year old going on twenty eight, um, who says I gained five to six year, uh, five to six miles an hour. You know I'm gaining ten to twelve yards. I'm swinging faster than ever, and the dude hits every fairway in typical Phil fashion. Phil says, you know, uh, this is a pretty good ball striking week. The first time in history, the first time in my professional career that I've ever hit every single fairway. And then the announcers are kind of looking at each other. And, uh, of course, these PGA statisticians have everything on the books. They say, no, Phil, it's definitely not. It's the first time in 20 years, but it's definitely not the only time you hit every fairway. And then they go back and they look. He's done it like 12 times before. Of course, yeah. He's also a four-time champion there, so that course might fit his eye pretty well. They had yeah, – oh, you're 100% right on that. And they also had a tidbit, as I was watching this morning, that his grandfather was one of the first caddies in Pebble Beach history 100 years ago. That's fascinating. Yeah, I mean that's – I mean obviously we know he's a Cali guy, but, uh, but that's insane. That's a little bit crazy. Um, and then again, we said, uh, you know, Ted Potter in, in his uh, defense of his championship is in, he finished DFL on uh, on Thursday. So uh, dead last, to, to put it nicely. Again, not a successful title defense. No, not one bit. Uh, but they got all of Thursday's rounding. Friday, here comes the awful weather. It's squeegee and green. This is turning to amateur hour at Pebble Beach. It's, it's dudes that... Hey, the entry fee to this for for the amateurs is about fifty thousand. They never give it away exactly, you know, but most people say it's it's kind of close to about fifty grand to get in. Um, now you've you've looked into playing some proams before on tour, correct? Yes. And now just tell everyone what you normally have found as an entry price for playing in one of the Wednesday proams for a tournament. So I actually I looked at it too, and so the the first one I looked into was the Travelers Championship, which is about an hour and a half from my house. Um, that's actually a Tuesday pro am because Wednesday they do a celebrity pro am. So that when I first started looking at it, it was about twenty eight hundred bucks, which is the same price as my my club membership. Right. Um, it's gone up to thirty two hundred, um, and that's still kind of out of my league, obviously. Barclays, like three years ago, I looked into it also, and that was five thousand. So still, or, no, nowhere near what what Pebbles raking in off of this. Yeah, or there was a discount if you had a, a whole foursome. It was instead of the the twenty thousand for the foursome, it was eighteen thousand, I think. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, oh, that makes sense. You get a corporate, you know, discount and whatnot. Yeah. Exactly. 
So uh, on, on Friday, we get, you know, I'm sure everyone has seen this, and, and I mean, this has gone viral. This has made its way into the mainstream sports news. But you get Tony Romo blowing a tee shot off the face of the earth into the deck of one of the hospitality tents, right? And Tony Romo being the, uh, you know, let's admit it, fantastic amateur golfer he is. Um, you know, you might even want to say semi-pro. Hits this 90-yard shot, almost holds it from the deck of a hospitality tent, hits it to about a foot, and it's everywhere. It's it's so much that it's everywhere that a guy at my son's baseball practice tonight said, hey, man, you know, I, I, I know you watch golf. You see Tony Romo? And I was like, yeah, yes, I, I saw Tony Romo. I, you know, I follow these things pretty, pretty close. Um, but that's a good thing for golf. Any type of exposure is good exposure, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was, and I think, interestingly enough, the same year that Phil did that at the Barclays, that was the year I looked into playing the Pro-Am. Right, right. Very cool. Yeah, Phil, uh, that's an that's a infamous shot as well. During the tournament at the Barclays, Phil does the same exact thing. Everyone's like, take the drop, take the drop. He says, ah, what? he's Phil. Why would I take the drop? I'm a wedge wizard, right? And he basically almost holds it out. Uh, speaking of, uh, of Phil and his wedge play, did you see him yesterday spin the ball out of the rough back onto the green from about 85 yards? So I, unfortunately, um, or fortunately, my, uh, my buddy Mike got married yesterday, and I did not get to watch any golf or highlights. So Saturday is a complete blur to me. Gotcha. Um, but... I'm not surprised. All right, well, hey, congratulations to Mike. I mean, that's fantastic. Um, to fill you and him in, if you didn't see, I don't know what hole it was exactly, but, you know, Pebbles Greens are the size of your living room, basically, um, if not smaller. And this was a back pin, and, you know, quite honestly, he probably hit the ball too far off the tee, you know, with all the miles per hour he's gained. And the dude rips one through about 10 feet of rough. And the rough at Pebble has been... Kind of no joke with all the, with all the rain and, and how thick and wet it is. And he rips it through the rough, you know, pulls the string, back past the pin, six feet, makes the putt. Yeah, it's, that's just, he does the fill thing. Yeah, yeah. That, and, and to him, it's like, you know, what did you expect me to do? Of course I'm going to do that. Like, you know who I am, right? <laughs> yeah. You don't, ever, you don't ever have to ask Phil how good he is, you know? No, definitely not. He'll, he'll the interesting thing about Phil, though, is if he was going to play next week, and I'm not sure of his schedule, but he could go out there and shoot, like, 82 because that's just Phil, too. Yes. Oh, without a doubt. Phil could win this week and miss the cut next week. Exactly. By shooting, like, 78-78. You know? Yeah. But, you know, let, let's and be honest. Just his shoulders the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And give you a few thumbs up and everything's good in the world, you know? So uh, also on Friday, we had our man, Jordan Spieth, uh, come, come back from Never Never Land, tied for the lead, right? And, um, but Day and Piercy were right behind him. They didn't finish either. He, you know, Jordan didn't even finish because obviously it's pebble. It's six and a half hour rounds. It's raining. Uh, but the, he, here's another thing. Uh, Spieth hits you know, a shot on seven, and, and Spieth's been all over the place this week. He came, quote unquote, came back. Uh, close to the lead, 
then he hits this this approach shot on seven, and it's it's right into the gallery. Uh, if you people can find this online, look for it. A guy literally on the on the hop swats Spieth's ball back onto the green. It wasn't even it it, it, it he didn't try to hide it. You know, it wasn't like it ricocheted off of his uh, backpack or his shoulder. Like, it was, he saw it bounce. He straight-armed it back to about eight feet onto the green. And, you know, hey, all's fair in love on the PGA Tour because guys will purpose. we know this for a fact, guys will purposely hit it into the grandstands in order to get a drop, you know, and... uh, A lot of the scores you see them shoot at times would be higher if there were none of those movable obstructions on the course. Well, and people, you know, helping them search for balls and and all that stuff also. I mean, I've been to quite a few tournaments where there's been balls where they've just been completely gone and there's 25 people helping the player find it. Yeah, that's and, not happening to me on Saturday. <laughs> no, and you, you and I have played many rounds together and lost many balls, and and guess what? We're the only two looking for it, you know. Exactly. And if we happen to get paired up, you know, in a in a foursome with two other guys, you know, they're given that that uh, that half-assed uh, look, like oh, I think it's over here. Brush a few weeds back. Nah, it's not. Drop one. Yeah, exactly. You know, but uh, that's hey, we're not on tour, so more power to them, you know. Yeah, that's the big difference between playing for, you know, nine bucks and playing for, you know, a million. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then on Friday also, it was pretty cool. The caddies were having a field day showing just how flooded the cups were and dropping balls into it and whatnot. And uh, and if you're one of those dudes that follows, you know, golf Twitterverse and you're only following the players, listen, do yourself a favor and go out and just find the names of some of the caddies because they tell it like it is, and they give you the real behind-the-scenes shots, uh, especially on Twitter, on, on a media platform like that. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah, I've had interaction with some caddies at tournaments, just in between shots, like hanging out by the ropes, and you know, the players on the fairway, caddies over by the ropes, is going to sneak under it to take a little shortcut. And... They're by far the, the, one of the most entertaining parts of attending a, a live golf tournament. Oh, hands down. Unless you're, uh, you know, our boy Michael Greller, who uh, will completely ignore us for 18 straight holes. Yes. Yes. I, I've actually been to tournaments where people have chanted his name over and over again and no reaction at all. Yeah. I, I You know what? I wonder, part of me wonders if that's in his contract, you know, where... Jordan's like, hey, dude, I know you're big time now because you're with me, but let's kind of keep it about me. Mm. Or he realizes, like, dude, I was a science teacher, <laughs> and this is awesome. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to upset my meal ticket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. Um, so that brings us to the weekend, right? That brings us to Saturday. Uh, we don't have a typical 36-hole cut at the AT&T because we have to get everyone around to all three courses, so the cut happens after. And then uh, weird news in the beginning, you know, Tony Romo, the day after going viral and playing phenomenal golf, withdraws from the Pro-Am. And then we come to find out that it's due to Wade Wilson's funeral he's going to. Um, right. You know, so, so big ups to him for being a stand-up dude, you know? Yeah, I mean, 
Tony Romo, you know, you almost wonder if it was him playing for money, if that would have been the case, but right, I, I kind of think so, because he does really seem like a good guy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, especially, you know, now seeing him with the NFL broadcasts and kind of really getting to know him a little bit more than you did as, as the, uh, you know, untouchable quarterback of the, of the Cowboys where you never really learned much about him. Uh, I, I would definitely want to play with him. I'd, I'd play 18 with him, you know? Oh, definitely. So Saturday's when it starts to unravel for our boy Spieth. Uh, <laughs> loses the ball to the, you know, to the Pacific, gives one back to the golf gods. Um, then he, he lost what he thinks is another one, walks all the way back to the tee, and then they find it. Of course, like you were just mentioning before, groups of people, they find it about 100 yards back from where they were looking, you know, and I know, I know Spieth isn't a short hitter, but they were nowhere near it. It turns out it clips a tree. He finds it. But again, just to go into the slow playness of that course, I mean, 15, 20 minutes spent, and then it's another minute or two deciding how far away they are. And, and, you know, if you follow golf, you know, that's a problem that just plagues the game at the pro level and it seeps down to the amateur level. It's just that slow play. Absolutely. And then everyone, think, everyone thinks they're a pro. So. Oh, of course, of course. I mean, let's you know. Truth be told, ninety nine percent of the people that play golf absolutely suck. You know. Truth. Um, but you got to have fun with it. You know, and and if you're spending all the time on the course looking for the ball, that's not fun. You know, drop it and move on. Your life is your life. Your life and your ego should not be uh, based upon how you play golf. Yeah, plus think about how much joy someone else is going to find when you know have when they find that pro eat one. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, when I, when I'm rangering on the weekends, man, that's one of my favorite things in the world. Especially one that looks like it's been hit once. You know, a guy pulled it out the sleeve, put it on the tee, cranked it into the woods, and guess what? Tomorrow, that's mine. Exactly. It's been a long time since I paid for golf balls. Uh, so today, that brings us to today, sat, uh, Sunday, <clears throat> final round. We get right off the bat, you know it's going to be a bad day. The day starts with a one-hour delay due to the wet conditions right overnight. They can't get the greens dry. They got guys squeegeeing them nonstop. So we're already an hour behind. Uh, they sent players off of 1 and 10, and it's hilarious because I'm watching PGA Tour Live, and I know you watch that as well, you know, the subscription service that's on NBC Sports Gold. And they sent all the guys that had no chance of winning off of 10. These dudes looked miserable. It was about 40 degrees. There was a foursome with, like, Patrick Reed, uh, Sam Saunders, Johnson Wagner, and someone else, like a foursome of pros, which you never see, just trying to get them around the course and get them out of there. And those, by the way, those are names that only true golf fans know. Yeah, I told... uh, I told my boy Z, who does, you know, who's, whose house this is, the Bringing the Heat podcast house, I said, hey, he doesn't play golf. I said, I got a great game that we're going to make up, and I'm going to take, you know, four names of actual pro golfers and then just take four random names, and we're going to pair them up in a twosome, and I'm going to make him try to tell me which one's an actual pro golfer. That's terrific. <clears throat> yes, I heard that. Yeah, I, I heard that on the, the podcast you did with him. Yep. That's hysterical. Yep. So and I think you can do that with almost any sport. And uh, some sports lend lend itself uh, lend themselves to it more than others. But golf, you can just throw a typical name out there, 
Um, and, and guess what? That person could be a pro, you know? That's true. You know, if I tell you Justin Thomas, that does not sound like a special guy. But if I say uh, if I say Smiley Kaufman, you might say, "Hey, dude, you're making that up." Yeah, <laughs> or, or you think he's like an NBA player and Smiley's a nickname. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so that takes us to to right to now, and we've got Phil Mickelson and Paul Casey tied for the lead. So, people, this you know when when this posts and you're listening to it tomorrow on iTunes and SoundCloud. You're not going to know the pro, uh, who wins it either, you know, until about probably 11 o'clock, 11.30. So if you're listening to it on your drive home, you're going to already know. But if you're listening to it on your morning commute, it's going to be a surprise. All right, so, so play along. Who do you, you think is taking it, Scotto? Let's go predictions. Uh, you know what? I have a, a hard time rooting, not rooting against Phil, but I have a hard time betting against Phil. Um, and as it turns out, Phil has a hard time betting against himself too, probably. <laughs> but um, uh, I don't know. I just feel like until the Masters, he, his game is so inconsistent that it could be absolutely brilliant, or it could be, uh, you know, a little, little sketchy. So, so, so are you saying you might have some insider trading knowledge to to this? <laughs> yes, I am. Not if anyone from the. Uh, I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with they might not be, but just on the off chance that they are, uh, we don't have any inside knowledge. Phil probably does, as he always does. So no, I was gonna say I'm gonna just play devil's advocate. Um, you know, I, look, I, I I love Phil, man. There's there's no way around it. You know, I'm a big big fan, but uh, but I'm I'm gonna go Paul Casey only because. He's been the most consistent all week. Uh, well, that's and I was actually going to go with Paul Casey as well for exactly that reason. Okay, so we're both going Paul Casey, and and, and what do we think? We think Phil's going to blow one into the rough on on seventeen and not get up and down like Tom Watson, or is he pulling one into the uh, into the water on I'm eighteen? Saying one goes into the Pacific on eighteen, and that that does it. Okay. I mean, maybe that's his plan all along. Give one back to the golf gods to bless him at Augusta, you know? Which, again, I mean, he's won this tournament four times, so it's not like he can't win. I just, you're right about the, the Casey and the consistency. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, I don't, I don't think Casey's a dude who's intimidated. He's a perennial Ryder Cupper. His game has turned around. A complete 180 in the last year and a half, and he's just he's riding a high, you know. Right. Exactly, and and Phil with again, and obviously he's he's still you know in good shape. He says he's picked up you know yardage, so he's obviously gotten stronger. But you know the body doesn't recover as quick as possible, you know, as it used to. Yep. This tournament's dragging on. It's going to go an extra day. Yep. It's cold. You know, yeah. it takes him longer to warm up than it, than Casey does. Exactly, and you know they're going to be there an extra day. It's, I, I don't know. I almost feel like he's going to want to get out of there and get home, and you know, be with his family. Whereas Casey's, you know, here in the U.S. I don't know if Casey lives in the U.S., but he's just here another day. 
Yeah. Just, gonna go out and just, just get it done tomorrow. Um, well, let me break this news. Uh, and I'm going to now, I'm going to, I think I'm going to switch my pick. Phil is now two strokes ahead of Scott Stalling, Siwoo Kim, and Paul Casey. Okay. So something happened. I, I have it on in the background, you know. Obviously, I have it on mute, so I'm not listening as we're doing this. But, but there you go. So, uh, so I'm going to go Phil, and I'm going to say Phil helicopters home tonight to Rancho Santa Fe and gets back here in the morning. Okay. Hey, and, and Scott Stallings is right there. And Scott Stallings is a dude who completely changed his physique, turned into a workout freak. Dude is shredded. He's jacked beyond belief now. And, uh, and he's lurking. He is lurking. Yeah, so the, the only thing I, you know, I will say uh, about Phil is that because Pebble does have some intricacies, mm-hmm. um, there are some things about it that are a little quirky. Being a four-time champion will definitely be to his, his benefit. Yeah, without a doubt, especially, especially on the greens. You know, that's, that's where you need to have a little bit of, of knowledge uh, because there's so, so many subtle undulations. That's what makes it such a great U.S. Open course. Exactly. All right, so the, the basis of the AT&T Celebrity Pro-Am is to get quote-unquote celebrities, right? Um, it's been kind of lacking in the last few years. You know, when your top draw is Ray Romano, Larry the Cable Guy, and Carlton... It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't have that air of greatness like it used to with the with the celebs of the day. So let me ask you this: Are you content with the celebrities they have? Do you not even care? What's your What's your mindset there? Uh, well, I'm definitely not content with it. Um, I would care if 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 them being there meant something to the actual tournament. I think I'd be a lot more interested in it. Here's what I'm going to propose. You tell me how you feel about okay. this. Rather than do it the way they do it, limit the, the actual PGA Tour field. Make this like a silly season event at the end of the year and do, like let's say, a, a four-team Ryder Cup. Take like the top four in the FedEx Cup. They're going to captain a team. They're each going to pick four other pros and five celebrities and then they're gonna play off they have like a little little mini Ryder cup tournament okay over the course of the the weekend then i'd be really entertained yeah i could i could without a doubt get behind something like that that's gonna bring not only top pro uh top celebs but top top good amateur celebs you know yeah exactly <clears throat> And then you get the players recruiting guys that they know are good. Uh, you know, you, the only problem is that time of year you, you do miss out on the the football players who play who are draws. Like Aaron Rodgers, obviously not going to play yep. some silly season golf tournament in the middle of the NFL season. Larry Fitzgerald, he, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, you still miss out on Steph Curry uh, because the NBA season goes right. on forever. Right. Um, so. But just there, I, I feel like there would be enough guys that they'd be able to do it. And it doesn't even happen. I mean, I say the end of the season because that's where it works. But they could make it work. I feel like in a way that would be more meaningful than just oh look, it's Bill Murray. He was in a golf movie forty years ago. The greatest golf movie. Exactly. 
but right, how long does that shtick last? You know. Um, yeah, I, I could, I could definitely see that. I, I think you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. Um, you know, the tour loves the play with the celebrities because it gives them national media exposure. But on the other hand, you watch coverage, and as soon as they get to the weekend, you're not going to see many celebs except for Saturday. You know, and and you're not even going to get to see them live. You're going to see the vignettes that the PGA Tour or CBS. Sports or, or NBC puts together, you know, um, because like you said, it's 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 irrelevant. Like if you're turning in to watch the Pebble Beach Pro Am, you're not for the most part. If you're a golf fan, you're not turning in to watch a celeb. You might want to see him hit a shot or two because you know what? Hey, that dude plays like me, and you know what? He doesn't because he's got a hundred grand to throw around into his game all year. You know, while right. while, while you've got a hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, you know, every two months or so that you can spend on it or, or whatnot. So even those amateurs are at a, at a much higher level um, than most people. But you're, you're tuning in to watch Phil. You're tuning in to watch actual golf. You know, it's almost like they get in the way sometimes. And, and that's a good point. And that's exactly what you just said is what I'm thinking because the celebrities being there are not for you and I. Right. We're going to watch golf no matter what. 100%. The question is, who are they there for? And are those people actually tuning in? <laughs> right. You know, and that's the thing. It's like, oh, look, we have, you know, Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Aaron Rodgers and all these cool guys who also play golf. But is that bringing, you know, eyes to the screen? Yeah, I don't know if it is because, like, we say, oh, those cool guys. But guess what? Like, we're in our... We're in our 40s, you know? And does anyone in their early 30s or before know who Carlton is or uh, Bill Murray or Ray Romano? I mean, definitely not on the Bill Murray is my guess. Yeah. Even less so on Ray Romano. I mean, I don't know what he's been doing, but I mean, that show went off the air probably like 20 years ago too. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, it, if it's me and I'm in charge of PGA Tour social media, which I should be. So if they're listening, I'm, I'm free and I'm open for that job. But if it's me, like I'm reaching out to people that are in the here and now. I'm putting YouTubers on it. I'm putting some Instagram stars. You know, I'm putting guys that have big Twitter followings on because not only are they there at the tournament, but while they're there, they're going to create a ton of content, which, guess what, is going to showcase my event more and more and more. Free advertising. That's brilliant. Of course, and they should hire me, but, you know, mm. we'll, we'll start slow. We start with this, then we move up, right? Exactly. All right, so, so important pertinent question, right? We, these celebs suck, all right? I like, I like Alfonso Ribeiro. I, I like him dancing, right? That's about it. There's there's no one else I saw that I was like oh wow I mean like I like seeing Aaron Rodgers and Tony Romo because they're good athletes and I I, yeah, I good. no I was gonna say I, I enjoy good athletic performance no matter who it is yeah and so it's they cool to see Wayne Gretzky because it's Wayne Gretzky yes without a doubt but there's no one there that makes me say oh man like I just watched that guy in a movie last week you know. A relevant movie that, that just came out. Not like, oh, I saw that dude in a guest spot 45 years ago with my grandpa, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, so you get, you get three celebs. 
right? You get a foursome. It's you and three celebs. Uh, leave the pin in podcast is paying your way into the AT&T Pro-Am. Who are you taking? Who's your three? Is there uh, a prize for the, the low team? No, no. It's just who, who are you going to have the most fun with? They obviously can't be dead because you're not carting around a casket out there on your pull card. Yeah, no, that, that wouldn't be a good idea. Um, hmm, that's interesting. Because um, what I thought about, originally I thought about guys who are good golfers. So okay. I thought about Steph Curry, Justin Timberlake. Um, well, I don't even know if he's a good golfer. I just know he's really into golf. He is. No, he he is. Uh, he. You know what? Funny enough, he sold his course in Tennessee. I believe yeah, that's where I it think, was. I think he's like from Memphis. So. Yeah, yeah. But he actually sold it at a loss after all the money he put into it. And he was like, nah, I don't care, dude, because the people of the area got a great course. I thought that was cool. Hmm. That was pretty cool. So Steph Curry, Justin Timberlake... Who's your uh, Steph Curry, Justin Timberlake, and, and Tony Romo? Okay. I feel like with with that foursome, uh, we're gonna be hard to beat. Uh, you you're you are destroying my foursome. I mean, yeah, I mean, that was the, the in my, that was my goal was to just stack up the guys I knew were really good amateur golfers. Yeah. And just be like, whatever. I mean, Romo and Curry are you know borderline. Web.com members. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. They can they're they're sticks. They can play. Uh you're you're with that lineup, you're beating me nine and eight. Yeah, probably. You're you're beating me by fifty strokes. Cause this is who I got, Scott. Obviously I have myself, right? A uh, a full of capable amateur golfer. I'm taking George Lucas. So I can talk to George Lucas about about Star Wars. Yeah, no explanation needed. Right. George Lucas is involved. It's going to be a good time. And, and George Lucas lives in California, so it's easy for him. Yep. I'm taking Paul McCartney. Uh, probably, of the people who are still alive, the most famous person currently alive. I would think so. Sir Paul McCartney. Uh, mm-hmm. Apologies to the knight himself. Uh Funny enough, does not play golf. Actually did a Beatles photo shoot once with golf clubs. They had no idea how to even hold them. And then, and then I told you that you couldn't pick any dead people, right? You did. I don't want you carting them around in their caskets. However, I am taking the dead man himself, the Undertaker. Ah, pro wrestling's the Undertaker. Correct. That's a trio of greatness right there. So so my foursome is myself, George Lucas, Paul McCartney, and The Undertaker. Uh, why The Undertaker? I mean, I, I get I, I get that he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Just why him and not like Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan? Okay, I'm going to answer it first with why not The Undertaker. But I will, I will tell you why not Ric Flair. Because we would lose Ric Flair at the halfway house at the turn during the first round and never see him again. Fair enough. Why not Hulk Hogan? I don't think his back would hold up. And I also don't need him saying anything racially charged out there. Fair, fair point. To get kicked off of Pebble Beach. 
So that's that's why the Undertaker. And and the only reason that we don't lose by 50 strokes to you guys is because of the Undertaker's intimidation factor. Mm, exactly. Um so those that those are two good foursomes. Now if we had those two foursomes, right? You cannot tell me that that would not get mainstream coverage. You cannot tell me that people would not want to watch those six others, including us, play golf. No, definitely. I mean, we don't even have to be there. I mean, wrestling alone has a huge audience. So right. To say the Undertaker's going to be playing golf, you know, you'll get a good chunk of the, the big wrestling fans. Right. And then again, the WWE is promoting it, um, you know, George Lucas is George Lucas. He's promoting it. Justin Timberlake is is promoting it for you. Um, Steph Curry's going on. He's probably got five to seven million followers on Twitter. There's there's a ton of cross promotion from big guns. That's true. And and that's what you kind of kind of want. Uh, also also at Pebble, and while not a quote unquote celebrity, I guess a, an internet golf celebrity, which I'm getting a little sick of hearing about because I've known. You know, known about him for over a year now. But our man Ho Sung Choi made his PGA Tour debut with a sponsor's exemption at Pebble Beach. Scotto, are you on the Ho Sung train? I mean, he's different, so I'm going to say yes. Okay. Because that's that's the one thing. If you can play and... I think he's ranked like in the top twenty in the world. Ah, uh, no, he's like he's like two hundred and twelve, but he's won on the PG. He's I won on that completely wrong man. That's okay. Um, yeah, he's he's won on the Japan tour before. I mean, the dude's a proven commodity. He can play. Yeah. So if he can play and he's different enough that it's not the same like cookie cutter. Like I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna drive him really far. Cozy up a nice wedge. You know, hopefully make birdie and make par. You know, anything that's a little bit different, that that I like. Right, right. No, I'm 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 a hundred percent for it. People are complaining because oh, he took a, a spot away from, you know, another pro. Like, dude, Drew Love is playing in the in the tournament, not because he's a good golfer, because he's Davis Love's kid. If people want to complain, complain about him taking a spot. Right. Exactly. All right, so we mentioned the Celez before. Look, uh, I'm sick of them, but I want I want your thoughts. Are, are, are we done? Is this generation, in this day and age, in 2019, are we done with Bill Murray, Larry the Cable Guy playing in cutoffs, Carlton dancing, uh, you know, and Ray Romano just being, uh, I, I don't know, Ray Romano? Uh, I, here's my thing. I, I don't care if they're there or not. I mean, if they're there and there's still good golf happening, fine. If they're not there and it's just a normal PGA Tour event, fine. Right. Yeah, as they're... long as they're not getting in anyone's way, they don't bother me at all. I mean, I don't need to see you know a 15-minute vignette of Bill Murray through the years. Um, but, you know, that's fine as long as they're not interfering with the actual competition, which is what I like, Right. then they're doing good for charity, so they don't bother me at all. Yeah, I guess I guess they don't bother me as much as I just want to see some different people. 
You know, I, 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 I think I think that's it. You know, like if those guys are going to be the caretaker uh, caretakers of the celebrity game, like Bing Crosby was and Clint Eastwood was back in the day, like I guess I'm cool with that. But g- give me someone else. Like give me someone to get excited about. You know, and and promote it heavily when you do. All right, you and I watch a ton of golf. I mean, there's, there's, there's no way around it. I mean, we pay for subscription services to watch even more golf. Um, you cool with this week's coverage? So, I, again, I only listened to it on the radio this week. Okay. Um, I was in the car a lot, uh, so I did – I got definitely hours worth of um, PGA Tour radio coverage. Right. Um, that's the same always. They play the same music. Whenever the tournament's in California, it's always the same announcers. They always have the same, you know, kind of tone of voice. They set the scene. I know what's going on. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's fine for me. Um, Coverage, just in general, this year has just, I I feel it's been a little flat. You think because the... Are you referring to the copious amounts of commercials and the same ones over and over and over? Exactly. It takes away from it. Yeah, look, I'm going to tell all our golf fans out there this. If if you have the means and you have the ability to pay, uh, I don't know what it is, 50, 55 bucks a month now, get no. pe- uh, uh, a year, a year. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Don't pay, don't pay 50 bucks a month. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> look at me. I'm the worst salesman for it ever. <laughs> um, yeah, I would not pay that much. But 50 bucks a year and get yourself PGA Tour Live. The The guys on it are fantastic. You get to see good stuff like you do at the tournament. You get to see the interactions between people in between shots. All the little nuances that make a golf tournament what it is, you get to see. And it, it definitely makes you feel like you're there as opposed to the mainstream golf channel or CBS or NBC or, or Fox for the, you know, USGA championships, you, you just don't feel part of it. I agree. The on-course guys on that are the same guys that are on the radio. And, again, they have to kind of set the scene for people who are not watching. Yes. And I think they do a great job with that. And adding the visual element makes it that much better. Yeah, without a doubt. And, uh, and you know, I know for a fact you and I have talked to some of those guys at tour events and again, down to earth guys love the game, and they're the ones out there grinding, walking with the players, not sitting up in a you know ivory tower calling the shots. Yeah, they're watching it on TV with you and, and calling it. All right, so let's go. Uh, let's go. Best worst. You don't even have to choose both. You can choose one or the other. Uh, best worst from the AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am this week. You got anything you love? You got anything you hate? As far as love, I love seeing. Well, I love seeing Phil being backhanded because he kind of got a lot of a lot of garbage at the end of the year about him being done, and he's clearly not done. Right. Yeah, that Ryder Cup, people were ready to you know dig his six foot hole. Yep. The Ryder Cup, the playoffs, everyone was saying Phil's done. Phil's done. Mm, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. He's got some years left in him. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I went the more cynical route, and I went with something that I hated, the worst. And that, for me, 
was Jordan Spieth's Saturday round? Uh, I considered the continued inconsistency of Jordan Spieth um, to be along with what I went with, but uh, ultimately I was trying to be positive. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, you, you figure first, you know, first podcast maybe you should go with positivity. Um, I I went that route because I'm just I'm getting a little sick and tired of him not playing well all four rounds. And I understand that we hold him to a much higher level than anyone else his age. What's he, 25 now? 23, 25? I have no idea. I think he's maybe 25, 26. Okay. So multiple majors, you know, top 10 player in the world consistently, and uh, he's not been living up to it as of late. We get We get flashes of brilliance. And then we get a Saturday round like he had at Pebble where he was just, I don't even want to say all over the map because he was off the map. Right. And whereas in some tournaments he's been able to, to get it back by putting lights out, for whatever reason you just can't find that. Yeah. it's uh, it's he, And he's trying a bunch of different things. It's just not there. You know, remember last year he was looking at the hole. He wasn't looking at the hole on – three to four footers, and uh, I mean, God, he hits the ball so well that even if he made the PGA Tour average of like three to ten footers, he'd be killing it. Right. He went from being probably one of the the top five putters in the game to if he's in the top 100, that would be a good good thing for him. Yeah, and what literally seemed like overnight, you know? Uh, but that's golf. You know it. I know it. Exactly. And it just you know it magnifies itself. It, it's amplified when you're a PGA Tour pro. And when you're Jordan Spieth and you have three majors before the age of thirty. Yeah. And you have to be the next Tiger Woods because that's what the media says. Of course, of course. That's why don't listen to the media. Listen to us. We're not the mainstream media. So Jordan, if you're out there, uh, just come play around with us. Simple as that. We're not going to yeah, try to fix anything. We'll get you fixed. Yeah. Simple as that. All right, so we're going to end every podcast with a little segment that I like to call Things That Pissed Me Off This Week. Perfect. Right? Uh, blunt and to the point. Um, you know, so, so a, a few things. Uh, I'll go, then you can go, you know, and we'll go back and forth until we have nothing left that pisses us off. Beautiful. Uh, so this, this is actually going back a week. But it also pertains to next week. So I'm almost like back to the future here, okay? And I am pissed at the Euro Tour not penalizing Sergio Moore for his actions in Dubai. If people don't know what happened, he destroyed five or six greens. He destroyed a sand bunker, like repeatedly smashing it with his club, grinding his feet into the greens. And the Euro Tour says we're not penalizing him. And he is playing next week on the PGA Tour at Riviera. Totally agree with you on that one. It's if you are affecting competition, and you know what, it's one thing if you want to helicopter clubs into you know a lake that only impacts you. But if you're doing something that has an effect on competition, the the penalty should be a lot more severe than, hey, Sergio, just don't do it again. Right. When, when we know the dude has a history of it, of being a petulant 
child, a man child, you know, spitting in cups, uh, berating other players, uh, making helicoptering clubs into water. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and even as, even as far as, you know, spewing out what most would consider racial hatred towards, you know, the, the, the greatest of all time, Tiger Woods. And he's, he's done it over and over and over and everybody covers for him. I think someone needs to just nip it in the bud and say, look, dude, you're done. You know, like you're not playing on our tour for six months or eight months. And in the long run, in the scheme of things, like, does it matter to him? No. Serge's got more money than he knows what to do with, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, he doesn't need to play again for the rest of his life. But I think just setting a precedent for younger golfers and saying, look, if you're going to act like a moron, we're treating you like a moron, here's how it's going down. Right. Well, he is a big, a big fan of soccer. And, you know, got guys there who flop complain to refs all the time so maybe he just learned the lessons from the wrong people not very true very very true all right so go ahead you got something that uh pisses you off this week in golf so i this wasn't my number one but since you went with the euro tour being something that pisses you off i'm actually gonna say the euro tour got one thing right and i'm a little pissed at the pga tour they can't do it. <laughs> okay i was wondering i was wondering how you're gonna spin that i really like how the euro tour and the lpga had uh, a common event this week. And you're talking about the Vic Open in Australia. Exactly. That was dope. Uh, that was awesome. And for those of you who don't know, the Euro Tour and the LPGA played at the same venue this week. Uh, they went out and staggered keys. So men went off, women went off, men went off. And I just I just think it's, it's great. You want to grow the game, well, grow it for everyone. Yeah, and uh, I mean, they played the exact same course, so you got to see how women approach the hole differently from men. Obviously, not from the same tees. You know, men's played the men's tees, and the women's played their tees. Uh, and a lot of a few women were were a bit pissed that when you broke it down, they were actually playing a technically longer course. You know, when you when you compare the length of drives, but uh, I mean, there was there was some fantastic coverage on social media. There was some fantastic coverage on the Golf Channel. There's some great. Shots, you know, uh, from both sides, the men and the women. That's a phenomenal event. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. If Eurotour can make it happen, I think the PGA Tour should try to make it happen too. But it won't happen because it's the PGA Tour. Yep. And it's all about the almighty dollar. And uh, while as, as, as much as they'd like to tell you we're trying to, you know, quote unquote grow the game and, and get it out there for everyone. Um, they are not. You know, that's why you've got to go and, and, and do it yourself sometimes. All right, my, my next one is uh, what else pissed me off this week was just not Ho Sung Choi playing, but the stupid American media coverage of Ho Sung Choi. It got to the point where during one of the press conferences they asked him to stand up and recreate his swing for them with not, you know, not using a club or anything like that, uh, but putting the dude on display like, you know, he's in the zoo. And, and, and what's he going to say? No. You give me a sponsor's exemption, I'm going to say no to you. Of course he's going to do it. I just think, I think it makes us look stupid, um, <clears throat> you know, as American golf journalists, that we have to make a guy up there and kind of, you know, 
dance around like a puppet for our entertainment. Right. Exactly. He's not a, it's not a freak show. It's, he's a golfer. Yeah. And so he's got a, a weird-looking swing. So is Jim Furyk. So does Matthew Wolf in college. Uh, so do I. So does, you know, ton ton of people. Arnold Palmer? Yeah, Arnold Palmer. That's a gr- I mean, you, you could even say Jack Nicholas with this finish, you know? Lee Trevino. I mean, there's just there's there's tons. John Daly, Bubba Watson. So so many of them, you know? Um, but he's quote unquote new here to the mainstream media. You know, I mean, I know guys like you and I have known about him for, you know, a year, year and a half now, before it even became a quote-unquote viral sensation. Because you just know him because he's a good golfer. That's the bottom line. All right, what about you? You got anything else? Anything else that uh, pissed you off this week? More. Okay. Um, and that is the lack of competitiveness on the Champions Tour. If Bernard Lager's playing, you know who's going to win. Is it is it lack of competitiveness or is Bernhard Langer really like a golf cyborg that has been cryogenically frozen, just like Ted Williams' head? I think I think we're both right. <clears throat> okay, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I wouldn't doubt it. Dude's amazing, completely ageless, ageless, a hundred percent. Yeah, but that's that's the thing. Is like, who's who's winning this thing? Oh, Langer's playing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and, 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 and you could be like, ah, well, these five new 50-year-olds just turned 50 last week, and they're going to be at that. Nope, Longer's playing. He's going to win. Pretty impressive what he's doing out there. Uh, but again, if you're not a golf fan, that goes completely unnoticed. All right, well, I mean, before we, uh, before we wrap up, I just want to thank uh, our sponsor, and that is Oahu Golf Apparel. Tim, the owner and CEO, has an amazing product out there. It's all golf-related gear, all in that aloha spirit of Hawaii. Sponsors Christina Kim, um, you know, and, and you and I are both close with her as well and know her. Um, great shirts, great hats, great socks, belts, T-shirts, polos. Uh, I mean, it's, it's never-ending. So go follow them on Instagram. That's Oahu, O-A-H-U, Golf Apparel on Instagram. They do everything off Instagram and off their website. And Tim is just a completely driven dude who goes beyond anything that a normal CEO would do. And he grinds hard to get his product out there and uh, – let me tell you, it's out there. It is definitely a movement. They are doing great things. And we also want to thank DJ Quads for our intro music for our first ever Leave the Pin In podcast, airing on the Bringing the Heat podcast network. Um, so anything to wrap up with, Scotto? I've said enough. <laughs> go out, go out golf. Fair enough, right? Get busy golfing or get busy dying. <laughs> That's a good one. I appreciate it. All right, people. Uh, So we'll talk to you next week, everybody. And uh, where we come from you from L.A. at the Riv, Riviera. Have a good one. (laughs) 